0: This is the Great and Thrive Podcast, episode 204, where I chat to Patrick Adair of Patrick Adair Designs about how he has grown an enormously successful business in a short period of time by leveraging the power of Instagram and particularly YouTube. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name is Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. G'day everyone, Jess here again for another week. As you listen to this, I will either be on my way or in New Zealand. I am jetting off for a week, a little bit more than a week, to explore the South Island with my friend Amanda of Bimble and Pimble. And I'm really looking forward to it because I've never been to the South Island of New Zealand. I am a big Lord of the Rings fan. So I'm looking forward to seeing all the big majestic mountains Uh, do like a good mountain. And uh, hopefully not be too cold because it is still pretty cold (laughs) over there. So we'll see what happens. We're going to some of the kind of most well-known landmarks. Uh, It's really about seeing the natural beauty of the country. That I'm only a couple hours flight away from so that is where I'm going to be. Check it out on my Instagram stories. I might be sharing a few little snippets there along the way. And hey, I want to give a shout out to one of my reviewers on iTunes because this is a really awesome review. I've been getting some really nice ones lately. Thank you so much to everybody who has been taking the few minutes to leave me a rating and a review, especially if you listen on iTunes. I really wish Spotify would bring in a rating and review system. That would be really nice because I know a lot of you are probably listening on Spotify these days. But if that's you and you still want to give a rating review, the best thing to do is if you have an iTunes account, leave it there. But if not, leave it on the Facebook page, create and thrive on Facebook. Just leave a little rating review there. It would be really, really wonderful. So this one is from Catrack, and the title is inspiring. Thank you. And she says, I've been listening to Jess's podcast for a couple of years now. And early on, it inspired me to move in the directions of my dreams. After listening to the podcast, I joined her membership community, started on some workshops, popped into the Facebook group, and it really started to bring everything together for me. I'm a stay-at-home mum who is going balmy, not doing any outside work. I feel now that I can make my handmade business a real success and navigate through all the obstacles that come my way with the help of someone who has been here before. Thank you so, so much. I'm so happy to hear that, that the Thriver Circle has really made a big difference for you, being part of that community, the workshops, everything else that happens within the membership community, and that the podcast has helped you as well. So welcome to the community, and thank you so much for taking the time to leave this review today. Today, I have a very enthusiastic and inspirational guest, uh, Patrick Adair. Who is very young, he's in his early 20s, but he has grown a very successful business. He has a couple of businesses actually. He has Patrick Adair Designs, uh, which is his jewelry design business, which brings in seven figures annually, and his supplies business brings in six figures annually. Now, I don't know about you, but that is pretty impressive for a young guy who's only been doing this for a couple of years. How has he done it? Well, he uh, started with a little Kickstarter project. Uh, he's got another one that's just happened recently, which has raised a couple hundred thousand dollars. And most of what he does is Instagram and YouTube marketing. This is why I brought him on the show because he has done such an amazing job of this. He has over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and over 660,000 followers. Um, on no sorry yes 660,000 I was like did I say that right he's on his way to a million Uh, so it's pretty amazing and uh, his videos are fantastic really high quality and you can see he puts a lot of effort and time into them He basically focuses on making rings and he makes like a different ring, different design. He uses all sorts of crazy, wonderful materials. And doing this, he has really grown a successful business in just a couple of years. So today we talk about exactly how he's done this. We talk a lot about uh, how to leverage YouTube as a maker So, you know, he does have the supplies business, but the main business is his jewelry making business, which of course he has hired a whole bunch of people to help him with now because he's so busy. And it's a really, really excellent example of how you can leverage these new social media to grow a successful business. And uh, I was just really impressed and really inspired by the amount of passion and energy that Patrick has put into his growing his business. And it's a great example of how we can leverage YouTube especially because I think a lot of us don't really think of YouTube. We think of Instagram, we think of Pinterest and all these other social media channels, but we may not think of, you know, using YouTube as the main social media channel to leverage our handmade business. But Patrick talks a lot in this episode about why that works and why it can be really powerful. So do not miss this episode if you've ever you know, wondered about how to use YouTube especially. And of course, Instagram, he's done a great job on there as well. And uh, I'm really looking forward to bringing this to you. So let's get started. G'day, Patrick, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thank you so much. Hey, everyone.
0: I'm really, really happy to chat to you today. Um, I was excited when you reached out to me because you have such a unique business model, and I'm really excited to chat with you uh, about that today. Mm-hmm. Before we get into explaining all of the ins and outs of that and and how, you know, you're going forward with all of that, can you let us know how you started making
1: rings? So that's a great, great story. That's the best place to start off when I'm telling my story, because it's kind of weird. <laughs> I didn't really necessarily want to make rings. I wanted to make products. So I... I wanted to do a Kickstarter was the original backstory to everything. And so I was researching and looking on Kickstarter, trying to figure out what would make a popular item, what could be, what's something that I could make by myself and what would be popular on Kickstarter. And Mm -hmm. I did a bunch of research, but long story short, I landed on carbon fiber being a awesome product. And so I just ordered some and messed around with it. I tried to make a few things. I tried to make a wallet. I could Mm -hmm. do it, but it was a lot of labor, a lot of Careful hand work mm-hmm. that I needed to do, and the finished result was a little rough. Mm-hmm. so I was like, "No, let's not do that." I kept messing around and I finally I made a ring, and I was like, "Wow, that was pretty easy. I could do that again and again and get really nice, uh, beautiful results because it's pretty easy to spin something in a circle that is a circle, <laughs> and essentially polish it. so um, fairly straightforward, and so that's how I stumbled upon it, and then I ran a little Kickstarter. And this was when I was a senior in high school, so
0: right. you
1: know I, I didn't have any a team, any any help. So it's all just very basic. I, I shot a video and edited it on my iPhone. So just really basic. It raised like five thousand dollars or so, and I was able to buy all sorts of ring making equipment in order to properly make the rings for the orders. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know I've got all this ring making equipment. Of course, I was going to make more rings. So that's what I did as a hobby, and it just eventually kind of took over is what I wanted to do as a business.
0: So you're still pretty young then. You're, are you still in college?
1: Um, I dropped out, but yeah. I would be graduating next year if I okay. was.
0: And I assume you dropped out because you had stumbled on something that was becoming really successful. Yep. So w- did you have a background in, you know, making stuff just from when you were younger? Like
1: Yeah, very much so. Okay. I was... My my parents nicknamed me Project Patrick when I was <laughs> four years old. So Wow like, You know, I'd get really intense with like paper airplane making when I was like four or five or something and that's that's pretty typical, but like mm-hmm. you guys should have seen how how hard I went with the paper airplane making. You know. <laughs> but it was pretty I don't know, I I've just always loved making stuff. That's how I've uh that's how I'd make money all through growing up. I was always trying to peddle stuff to friends or classmates. I got banned selling uh, candy and gum in fifth grade after it got kind of out of hand. Right. And uh, whenever I needed money, I never really had a regular job. And mm-hmm. so I'd just make stuff, sell it online. I'd make something cool. I made a, a dead mouse head. He's a DJ. Mm-hmm. He wears a mask. And so I made one of those, spent like 40 hours on it, sold it on eBay for 500 bucks. Wow. It's like, wow, that's really cool. I was 15 or 16 years old. So that's just, you know, I, every single step of the way of my life, I've been making stuff and selling stuff.
0: Yeah, you're obviously a natural entrepreneurial spirit there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I'm curious about the whole social media aspect, because how many followers do you have on Instagram and YouTube?
1: Um, Instagram, we're just over 100,000, I think like 120,000, give or take. And then mm-hmm. YouTube, I think like 640,000, maybe 650 by the time this goes out.
0: Yeah, and you've kind of built all that up since you started this a couple of years ago, correct?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I started YouTube in 2016. Mm -hmm. Instagram, I believe I started in 2015.
0: And if you're listening to this in the future, we're recording this in uh, July 2019. So that's a pretty pretty impressive uh, number in a relatively short period of time. Yeah. Did you have any experience with, like obviously, your generation, you guys are digital natives. did you have a lot of experience with social media before that? had you kind of built up other YouTube channels or other Instagram accounts?
1: Yeah, for sure I uh, you know I was raised on YouTube. We didn't have cable right Netflix anything like that. I was all about YouTube. I watched YouTube and so I just had a really kind of not not unique there's all sorts of people who watch all sorts of YouTube, but mm-hmm. I just had a very very thorough kind of understanding of YouTube. And so, of course, I you know, I started trying to do a tech channel when I was in middle school. And it was, like, minorly successful. You know, I probably made, like, $600 total over the lifetime of it. And that mm-hmm. was fantastic. And, you know, it slowly died off, and I abandoned it for other stuff because mm-hmm. I'm super good at that. <laughs> um, and, like, anything from, like, Minecraft videos or anything like that. You know, like, I've been... I've been trying it and at it for, uh, I don't know, just a lot of years. Yeah. YouTube specifically, I'd say the most.
0: Okay, cool. So, you know, when you came to this ring making new project, it was it kind of a no brainer to start recording what you were
1: doing and just sharing it. I think so. That's, you know, it, it, it wasn't for like, I think a year until I actually started doing it. And it's mostly just because I, and and with YouTube, YouTube's tricky because if you just start a YouTube channel one day and you don't have a way of promoting it, if you don't have a big Instagram, for example, Mm -hmm. then it's really hard to kind of break past that first initial just ceiling that you're stuck with. Your videos will get like zero to 50 views Mm. typically, and and you really need to be in the thousands before YouTube has enough data in order to know whether your video's worthy of promoting or not. Right. And so, and I was really busy, I was in college, and so I was just you know doing what I could, and that was making rings. but it's almost like as soon as I could as soon as I had the following on Instagram, and as soon as I had the time, I started making a video here and there just as an experiment, and I've never privated any of my videos, so the very first video I made is the first video you'll see on my channel, so um you can see the the history of it if you want to go look anyone, but uh pretty much you know, just as, as soon as I could, I got into it. I was able to push my Instagram audience towards there. They obviously really like the videos is a lot more in depth from what they're used to seeing on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so they really liked it. I focused on making them better. And then I just slowly started seeing this growth that extended beyond what I was pushing towards YouTube through Instagram. So that was, that was great. I, I think Instagram kind of gave me the kickstart I needed mm-hmm. to get youtube's attention in order to get them to recommend my videos
0: right so you were doing instagram kind of from the beginning and sharing isn't that how you sold your first ring By instagram? yeah
1: so yeah that's what i well kickstarter if you count that that was, uh, that was yeah very first start but then yeah i transitioned over to instagram and i found a little community there of a lot of different ring makers and you know i'd, I'd made my page i'd post what i was doing I'd hashtag. ring carbon fiber ring or whatever and slowly build up a following i'd comment i'd I'd comment on everyone in the community's posts like oh wow I like that do collabs here and there joint giveaways and slowly i was able to get a you know maybe 100 to 500 following and that's Mm -hmm. kind of allowed me to you know like probably four to 50 potential buyers in that group Mm -hmm. of people depending on how qualified they are And so I would, I started doing Instagram auctions because it's really hard to get someone to just go to your website and order it. (laughs) You know, know, like no no one wants to do that. So you do an Instagram auction, start the bid at $1. And I'm sure 99% of the people listening to this don't know what it is because it's not actually a real thing. Mm. You literally just make a post that says, hey, I'm doing an auction for a ring. You could have the ring already designed or made. And so you can say this is a carbon fiber ring in size seven. That's going to eliminate probably 95 percent of the potential buyers if it's already mm-hmm. sized. So you don't usually want to do that. So I'd say, I'll make you a custom ring out of whatever you want and whatever size you want. Starting bid is at one dollar with free shipping. Go for it. And I'm guaranteed to sell a ring at that point. Mm-hmm. You know if I start at zero dollars, I'm guaranteed to sell it because someone will say, "Yeah, zero dollars." <laughs> and so that's a great way. I, I really, really, highly endorse using that method to kind of get going if you're especially for like artistic people if it's mm. more of a you know like it doesn't cost you anything to paint a picture it's just time
0: mm. and it's
1: not that difficult to send it in the mail and so you know you can afford to sell it for six bucks and uh, that gets the ball rolling on stuff that's what's the most important part about it. it's not about the money at first and so I was able to sell rings. You know, I I think they started selling for like thirty to seventy dollars, depending on what ring it was, how long I spent. You know, I'd spend twelve to fifteen hours on a seventy dollar ring, so that's I think less than minimum wage if you mm. include my material costs. So it's just a way to get the ball rolling. I know so many people, and this is what I ran into. You make a website, you put a ring on there for three hundred bucks. You'll go in a full year before someone just randomly decides, like, yeah, I'm going to place an order. So. You just really gotta do whatever you can to get people ordering. Once, once people start ordering, you get to see what they like,
0: mm. and it
1: kind of builds the hype. Everyone sees it's that, you know, no one wants to buy something that no one's ever bought. That's why <laughs> you know, having a lot of Amazon reviews is really good. Just, you know, everyone else kind of assures you that, like, yeah, this is a good product, so.
0: Absolutely, that's a really interesting yeah. strategy,
1: actually. Yeah, yeah um, I think it's really helpful and unique.
0: Yeah, and it obviously paid off for you um, mm-hmm. because you have gotten to this point now. So let's fast forward forward to now. What mm-hmm. state is your business in at the moment? Um, time-wise, financially, staff-wise, all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. So we've uh, size-wise, physically, like the space that we take up, we've I think upgraded in size like four times in the last two <laughs> years, and we're about to do it again next week. So. Wow. We keep out growing spaces, starting a little teeny garage, move to a small garage, move to a big garage, move to a shop. Now we're about to move to a massive shop. Not massive, relatively, Mm. like a 3,000-square-foot place. Um, So that's uh, physically, that's been how we've been growing. Um, Employees-wise, we've got probably six to eight, maybe 10 makers, depending on if you count independent contractors and things like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And probably like six or so people in the office. I have an assistant and um, just other people like video editors, lots of different contractors, stuff for like search engine optimization, advertise, Facebook advertise help. So, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what you count, 15 to 25 employees. And we bring in Now we've split to two companies. We've got our ring website where people can buy rings and we've got our supplies website where they can buy supplies for it. Mm -hmm. And then we've also started an agency actually where we will help people do similar stuff. So like we just ran a Kickstarter campaign. We can do that for somebody else or we can make them YouTube videos. We can uh, get them success on Pinterest, anything like that. And so Mm -hmm. between all three of them, you know, the, the, the agency's brand new. We have just got a few clients there. So that's not, too much income Our supplies company does uh, easily six figures a year. And then our designs company does seven Fantastic. And, uh, hopefully eight figures in 2020. That's kind of the goal.
0: Wow. So at what stage did you go from making rings, you know, by yourself mm-hmm. to really going, Oh, this is a real business. I'm going to expand. Like I so want to do that.
1: I would say, and let me pull up calendar here. I moved out of my parents' basement and garage in uh, let's see, I think May of 2017. Am I getting my years right? (laughs) Yeah, 2017. Um, So uh, that was when I I, that was my only income was the ring business at that point. And so that's when I was like, okay, I can make enough money to pay rent and eat ramen noodles (laughs) and live. So like I can at least move out at this point. So that was kind of the, it started to become a little bit legitimate at that point. I took my first big step off the cliff. I don't know mm-hmm. what we call it. So that was, uh, I think, did I say May? Yep. You know, like April, May 2017. Um, and then just quickly after that I was able to, and what was happening was I would post to YouTube consistently and I'd get a lot of views and I'd get a lot of orders. And Mm -hmm. so I'd be so busy making orders that I'd stop posting to YouTube. So all my YouTube views would go down Mm -hmm. and then orders would slow down. So it was this really cyclical thing where uh, I could tell that I obviously needed some help. And so right after I had moved out, I uh, started bringing on board some help, got help with some business side of stuff, people to reply to emails, um, work on the website, Photoshop, video editing, stuff like that. That was super helpful as well as the ringmaking uh, side of things. We hired our first ringmaker, I think, in the April or June, or made to June of 2017. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was big. We did a YouTube collab with a big YouTube channel at that point. It brought in a surge of like $12,000 in orders in a matter yeah. of like a week, <laughs> which is probably more than I'd grossed as a company previous to that. So wow. huge, huge uh, turning point right there. Um, and so, yeah, I was able to hire the first helping hands and that's so important when you can, you can get a business to the point where it's making enough money to hire someone. Mm -hmm. I would very much recommend that if you're really crunched for time, like I was. So I was, you know, it's, it's very obvious to see, you can see a gap in my postings on YouTube videos because I was making orders. I'd spend three weeks straight doing nothing but making ring orders. I'd ignore emails for people asking for custom rings for, (laughs) You know, it'd be like a month and a half later, I'd get back to him like, Hey, sorry. You know, like <laughs> so those, those are some red flags of like, okay, yes. <laughs> if you're making enough money, hire some help. Like for goodness sake, you know, I probably missed out on half of those custom orders because mm. no one wants to buy a ring from someone who takes more than a month to reply to your email.
0: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. So it was basically necessity.
1: Yeah. And yep. I, and it's really hard at that point because it takes so much time to train a new person. Oh yeah. And I spent half my time training someone how to make rings they wouldn't even make rings good enough to ship for a month. So that's such a, you know, just putting in 60 to 80 hours a week to do that. And it was so worth it. And so if I had any advice to someone, I'd say do that because it's worth it. you just gotta power through it because it's very, very, very helpful for the next time. And it's always easier hiring the next person because Mm -hmm. the person you trained can probably do half of the training work for you, so. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're at the point where I don't even, I don't even have to talk to someone who we hire and they can start making rings. Everyone else at the company is in charge of that.
0: Fantastic. So yeah. did you
1: hire people who were trained jewelers or? No. Okay. So a big thing about my jewelry, it's non-traditional. So mm. people are like, oh, wow, you should start doing like engagement rings. I'm like, no, that takes a lot of skill, mm. a lot of training, a lot of equipment. And there's an incredible amount of competition, people who are better than me. And so Mm. like, I'll stick to my more simple stuff. And so that's kind of been to my advantage, the fact that I don't know how to do the traditional type stuff. And I'm getting into it a little bit, but still not an expert by any means. Mm. So rather than hiring someone who's good at jewelry that would be expensive, it's to my advantage to just hire someone random because no one in the world knows how to make weird rings made out of meteorite. A a few people, (laughs) but like... (laughs) No one in my area and no one that I know how to get a hold of and no mm-hmm. one that I know will work for cheap enough. Mm-hmm.
0: So you brought them on board and trained them up in your techniques.
1: Yes. And what's great is I've got YouTube video tutorials on how to <laughs> so we use those as training videos a lot.
0: That's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Just been creating your own training videos without... without... Yeah. Thinking about You'll it, see
1: if you ever watch a video of mine and are a little suspicious of like why is this one so informative? And it's like because I don't want to have to explain to my employees how to do a certain step.
0: <laughs> so, I'm curious, let's talk a little bit about your audience because I'm imagining there's a split between people who want to basically emulate you and learn how to make the things for themselves and
1: mm-hmm. people who
0: are just kind of fascinated by the process and might end up being a customer. Yeah. I mean, Thought about or, or, or sort of discovered those different audiences?
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of, um, there's a, you know, I, I always get the, the advice from so many people who are like, don't show people how to make your rings. That's mm-hmm. your biggest secret. That's your biggest asset. Why are you doing that? And that's like a very traditional way of looking at it. But mm-hmm. I think, that, you know, the, the age I grew up in and what I've experienced is like the people who are successful are the people who share their lives, are genuine, and just get attention. All you need is eyes in front of you, and if people like you and are interested in you, then the success will come, whether it's selling T-shirts or uh, YouTube ads, which you know is a great starting point, but like something like selling merchandise that's cooler than just a T-shirt, like rings, for example, is mm-hmm. going to get you a lot further. So... Um, I kind of forgot the question at this point.
0: <laughs> you have different audiences.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, there's kind of a point that – and uh, Mike from Stonecoat Countertops, he had a if, – if you don't know who he is, you can look him up. But uh, he sells uh, resins to do countertops that you can coat in a resin. Mm-hmm. And before that, he used to do it for people. So that was his business. He'd go around to houses and do their countertops for them. So people are like, why are you doing that? And he's like – And he's what he's found. And what I very much agree with is like, there's people who are going to do stuff and they're going to make stuff and they're never going to buy something. And that's Mm kind of like how I am. I see something, I see a really cool product. Like, Oh, that's really cool. I could probably make that myself or I don't care. I don't need it. And so there's that kind of group of people. And then there's the people who um, are never going to do it. You, You get on Facebook and you watch your five minute craft videos over and over and over and they're really interesting and cool but you're never going to do one of those and so you know people just want to buy your rings they don't want to have to do it themselves and so Mm. there's two different groups of people and you're not going to by showing people how to make it you're not going to have people not buy your ring and make their own instead And, and it happens a little bit i'm sure but for the most part i'm not missing out on customers there And then there's the people who are interested in the making, and that's why we made the Patrick Adair Supplies Company, so that we could sell people the products that they need to drink. So we're trying to take advantage of both groups, and we're also aware Mm -hmm. that it doesn't really matter to divulge your secrets, in my opinion and in my market. Of course, it changes for everything, but... I don't know. I like to share a lot and I like to pander to every type of audience. So that's why we have the two different companies.
0: Mm-hmm. And what do you say to those who say, well, there might be another maker who comes along and copies you and sets up a business selling similar rings.
1: Yeah. And you know, like that's happened. There's probably, you know, I was the first person in the world to make a glowstone ring. It, Cause like I named it or whatever, you know? So like <laughs> that's, if you see something called a glowstone ring, it's a ring pattern after my ring and I came up with the name and everything. So of course it is. But that's, uh, you know, there's an argument to be had about, and it depends on the market you're in. But my market where it's so artistic, it's like there's a huge, it's a big world out there. And the market cap for men's jewelry is probably in the billions every year. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm the biggest one out there and we're doing seven figures a year. It's like we've just scratched the surface of what's out there. And so other people might sell, but all I need to worry about is growing faster than them. And even if someone got bigger than me and sold more than me, that's okay. As long as I can make my money, I can have my fans that like me and like my rings. Mm -hmm. That's okay. A lot of people get super, I've seen this in my community because there's a lot of people who were very much bigger than me when I started out Mm who kinda don't really like me anymore because I'm bigger than them. sell more rings and it's just kind of annoying because it's like I know I haven't affected your sales because all these people that I've found all these customers have been people who didn't even know that this was a thing you know they just stumbled Mm -hmm. upon it on YouTube one day so I I don't know I don't know I just think if you're a if you're a company that's doing less than 10 to 50 million a year in revenue and you're in a semi-large market then I don't think there's really You know, competition's not going to affect you too much, especially in the short term Mm -hmm. and the 15-year range. And, you know, it could be bad. You know, like, I'm sure there's there's downsides to it. But in general, it's like, well, all I'm going to worry about is making my company as big as I can. And other people can compete. That's fine as long as I can still figure it out. And I can change. I can make different types of rings. Mm -hmm. I still have my audience. And you know, they have to change and catch up to that. So I have the advantage of being the kind of the big guy and I can dictate where the market goes a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really wise perspective personally. Um, and I think it's incredibly also clever that you are taking advantage of both of those markets uh, who are coming to you, uh, having the supplies and the Uh, actual rings as well yeah let's talk a little bit about the creative side of that because it's quite fascinating you Mm -hmm. what are some of the materials you've made rings out of
1: let's see gosh um meteorite that's always one that people are just like wow that's amazing it's like meteorite dinosaur bone amethyst, tooth just really interesting cool exotic materials and then we do a lot of things like uh composite materials where we mix like a glow powder with like amethyst gemstones and inlay it into a ring to make that's what I call my glowstone Mm -hmm. material and so uh interesting looking stuff like the glow stuff and then just interesting stuff in general whether it's dinosaur bone or uh petrified wood or bog wood that's been uh underneath a swamp for 5,000 years so it preserved from bacteria but it turns completely black so just literally anything in the world if you look up my youtube channel that's kind of what i specialize in is mm. like rings out of stuff that nobody has any business making rings <laughs> like superconductor
0: and that's so cool. and
1: some particle accelerators and it's like there's very there's nothing to do with rings but you can make a ring out of it so we're uh-huh. gonna do it and it's cool people like it
0: So where do you, one, kind of where do you find those ideas? And two, how do you actually go about sourcing these crazy materials?
1: Um, So finding them, that's just kind of a mix of a lot of things. When I was first starting out, I was just so interested in all the materials I could use, everything I had to me available to me. And so I just, you know, like get on eBay and look at all sorts of stuff and you know, you you just stumble upon the craziest things. You think of something like, "Oh, I wonder if I could make a ring out of meteorites." You look it up, and I, the, the first meteorite I bought was like a rock that crumbled, and it's like, Aww. "Oh, it didn't work." <laughs> and the next one I bought was uh, mostly iron, so it worked just like a metal. It was a, a pain to work with, but I was able to hack it into a ring shape and finally polish it and make it cool. So. Um, that's a big way. And then another huge source is the knife community. Yes. And they're kind of very much related on Instagram and that's how, you know, I, that's, that's why I was in the knife community. I have nothing to do with knives other than that, but you just see, especially like suppliers, there'll be suppliers that sell all sorts of materials. And that's how I came across superconductor it was just, uh, suppliers that sell superconductor with the purpose of people using it in knife handles. So I have that benefit. There's a lot of a lot of people making knives out there, and they're mm-hmm. always trying to come up with cool, creative new materials to use. And you just have these suppliers out there that are always uh, just peddling, trying to vend just random, cool, exotic materials. So you go to their site and like superconductor, and like meteorite wasn't really available at all, other <laughs> than you know, like originally I was buying slabs from like old museums or something like that and so i had to figure out a supplier for that and that's been to our advantage because there wasn't really anyone else doing it Mm -hmm. um so meteorite has been awesome for us because there's not much of a market other than us but yeah just just all sorts of you know social media seeing what other people are doing knives have been huge and then just my natural you know like i'm on ebay probably three hours a week for the past 10 years of my life, you know? So (laughs) I'm just always coming across weird stuff. Anytime I see something like, Oh, coral, I could make that new ring. Let me make a coral. ring.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I guess is part of it for you, just the, the challenge of figuring out how to work with a new material.
1: Yeah, I think so. And I think that's part of what makes a YouTube video really entertaining. So what was something I did interesting recently? Oh, petrified wood. That's a uh, petrified wood is super hard if you didn't know, and so you know, like it's one thing to make a ring out of marble, which is pretty soft, but still a rock, still mm-hmm. fragile, and like that's a challenge for sure. But petrified wood, it was crazy. We had to we had to slice off a slab with a water jet, which shoots garnet crystals at uh, sixty thousand psi in a super small streamline. And just cut through anything, and so we are the cut off a of slab with that, and then I had to. What did I do? I, I had diamond hole saws. So just imagine <laughs> a, a hole saw, but with diamonds on the edge of it. Just little tiny ones. that kind of they're good because they're really gentle. So it's almost mm-hmm. like sanding it. In a you sand a circle out of it. Mm-hmm. But if you break through it, you're going to detach the piece, and it's going to fling around on the inside of your uh, hole saw and right. break up so I had to make sure not to cut all the way through it. I had to stop before. And then I had to, by hand, with a, a Dremel diamond attachment, I had to go in and uh, slowly just work it out of the material. But then at that point, I can't put it on my lathe and cut it like I can all my other material. So I had to literally just, by hand, grind it down with a diamond-tipped Dremel and uh, work it into a circular shape and... I was able to make it nice, a comfortable ring, a rounded mm-hmm. ring. Polish it up, put a clear coat on it, and that's that's really cool. That's part of the challenge. It's not just like plastic where I can put a rod in my lathe, shape mm-hmm. it in ring in five minutes with lathe bits, and then just use regular old sandpaper and plastic polish to make it shine like crazy. You know, like it's it's a challenge, and everything's different. Like mammoth tooth, really fragile in certain areas there's a lot of natural fractures in it Mm -hmm. and so trying to uh just support it so I put carbon fiber on the inside of it in order to keep it from breaking apart so that's just a lot of the fun a lot of the challenge sometimes I need to infuse something with resin in order to get it Mm -hmm. pulled together so just uh that's what makes the youtube videos fun and that's what makes the job fun
0: yeah I was watching one of your videos where you did what you just said there putting like a I think it was a brass spring inside uh, to you know keep the structure and keep yeah, it yeah. nice and, and secure, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. So yeah. what is next for you? What, like what do you see your business – where do you see your business going in the next, say, three or five years? Which, I mean, you've only been in business, what, five years now, not even that. Yeah,
1: yeah, not even, yeah. Um, it's kind of – you know, it's tricky. There's things that I want to do that hmm. I try and it's just like – I start neglecting the ring business, and that maybe negatively affects it in some way, or else we just grow not as much. And and right now, the what I found to be the most the best value of my time is to work on the ring business. And so every time I try to work on a side project, it's just like, well, I could have spent instead of spending twenty hours this week on this, I could have spent twenty hours on making an extra YouTube video, mm. and a lot more worthwhile. And so. All these side projects there's stuff you know like I'm really really into cars and so I'd love to make a YouTube channel where I work on cars I build up a project car sell it and then start and start all over again with the new one and just go through that process and show it with people and I'd love to do that but I just don't have the time right now so you know maybe that's something I do that's completely unrelated so <laughs> kind of a bad answer but like it's, it's something that I want to do, but I definitely just have to put it off until I've got the time. And so for now, it's just like, let's make YouTube videos, let's make them better. Let's do more creative stuff and, and more in-depth stuff. I used to try to release two videos a week, and generally that would entail waking up at you know 8 a.m., going and working and finishing the ring by uh, 6 p.m. to midnight, getting it quickly rough edited, doing a voiceover at like 2am and then going to bed and having my editor edit it from 2am to 6am and then posting it that morning. So just crazy. And uh, (laughs) what that restricted me to was making a ring within about a 12 hour period, 12 to Mm -hmm. 15 hours all in one day. And that's just by, by now it's like, I've almost done everything I can. I've done all sorts of cool materials. And even if I do another cool material, it's like, well, the process isn't going to be very unique. You know, there's Mm -hmm. only so many things you can do. You can infuse it with resin, everything I talked about earlier. There's only so many things you can do. So now it's like, well, let's, let's move beyond that. Maybe do something like a knife that adds a lot of, uh, possibilities for more interesting stuff. Just new, new stuff that I haven't done. And then let's do projects there that are a lot more work. So I'll spend five film days working on something and only get to release a video every one or two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, But in general, it it keeps the audience happier because they don't want to just see the same video but different material over and over and over. So just trying to keep stuff fresh is what I'm focused on. And then just good leadership in my company, which I fortunately have great leadership right now. So Mm -hmm. just making sure the business side of stuff is running great, which for the most part is not even in my control at this point. Not my responsibility, I should say. Not mm-hmm. Necessarily not in my control. Um,
0: so do you make rings for customers at all anymore, or is that all your stuff?
1: Not, not really. If, mm. if there's something really special or custom, you know, it's probably like uh, once every six months I'll work on a custom mm-hmm. order. About. So mostly for me, it's just for me personally, I just want to make the best YouTube videos that I can is my biggest goal right now. Mm-hmm. And then as a business, you know, start different marketing avenues. You know, Pinterest is what something we started this year, and we've already got it to over 700,000 views a month, which is fantastic, and that was mm-hmm. in a matter of six months. So that's been great. So, of, of course, we're trying to grow as a business, and that's not really uh, stuff that I do directly, but that's just part of what I manage. And so mm-hmm. I have our agency now that we we have as its own separate company so i have them work on the you know i say like let's start doing pinterest we get advice from uh we, we get help from a really awesome pinterest user i don't know if she wants me to <laughs> who she is but she's helped us so much and so we know like all the pinterest secrets and it's like wow this is like it's like we had cheats you know like we got yeah. from zero to seven hundred thousand in six months or something It's crazy so it's fantastic just just new streams. We're always working on it. I'm having uh, y- you know, our agency work on let's get some uh, Instagram posts line up so that we can do more posts. Because before this, it's just I post whenever I want to. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, I'll post whenever I want to, plus let's post a Throwback Thursday every Thursday and a, a Tungsten Tuesday or you know, just whatever. Mm-hmm. So trying to start new revenue streams and grow all of our revenue streams is what we're trying to do as a business. But personally, I just try to grow YouTube, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I took so long to answer.
0: No, that was really interesting. Um, so you're at this stage, really, what you are is the creative face of the business and kind of you've got everyone else behind you beavering away doing the everyday stuff.
1: Yeah. And you're easy. free
0: of that, mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, answer the customer
1: emails and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll help, you know, when we need to, when our customer satisfaction with the emails mm-hmm. is not great. And there's no, we don't measure it in any certain way, but we're just like, hey, we got a lot of people who either taken too long to respond to them or a person responding isn't knowledgeable enough. Mm-hmm. That's when I need to come in and be like, okay, how can we fix this? I'll look at the email and be like, oh yeah, that's a bad answer. I could have given a better one. Yeah. So maybe make a, some more documentation on how to answer or hire mm-hmm. someone more knowledgeable about our rings, like an old ring maker or something. right
0: and is that a challenging like letting go of control is that something that you found a challenge or is that something you're comfortable with
1: yes and no I'd I'd say I'm much more comfortable with it than I I don't know most people but I feel like I always like it's a really common question people like wow that must have been so crazy for you to give up responding to emails like I promise you it wasn't (laughs) it really wasn't you know that's not what I want to spend my time doing and and of course, you know I love my customers, and I, I genuinely do wish that I could interact with all of them because mm-hmm. I think it's amazing and incredible that someone's willing to pay for what's essentially my art. If you want to get all emotional about it,
0: but mm-hmm.
1: you know there, there just isn't the time of the day for that. And my the, the way that I can best serve the most number of people mm-hmm. is to allow my business to grow and to delegate things. And so that's the way I see it. It's like rather than feeling bad about not replying to the emails, I'm going to get the best emails that I can and make sure that the customers are happy in general.
0: Now, before we finish up, I just want to pick your brain a little bit more about YouTube. Cause I think it's a really underutilized resource for a lot of makers. Um, sure. There's a lot of people who are getting out there and doing it now, but I think especially probably the older generation who didn't grow up with it, aren't perhaps as aware of the power of YouTube.
1: Yeah for sure.
0: Do you have some tips or, or advice for people who want to start and grow a YouTube channel?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. let me, let me see where I want to start. I'd say and I guess f- before I even get into that, I'd say my pitch for why people should use U- people should use YouTube is the ability for it to grow exponentially, and that's what all of social media is supposed to be, but in my experience, I've had a really hard time with that with. Instagram, it's like I have to fight for every single follower I get. Yeah. and it's to the point where the best way for me to grow my Instagram is to grow my YouTube and then push people to Instagram. So it's literally like my, the number of Instagram followers is an equation of whoever follows me on YouTube and I tell them to follow me. I don't mm-hmm. know, I, that got confusing. But
0: <laughs> I know what you're saying. It, 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 originally it was and, one way and now it's going the other way.
1: Yeah, and Instagram now if you know... A lot about it. It's just like there's all these big pages, and what's going on behind the scenes is not what most people expect. You know, you've got these huge pages that what they do is they farm pages. So they've got maybe five pages with over a million followers. And what they'll do is they'll make another five pages and they'll repost their content until they can build that up to a few hundred thousand followers, and then they'll sell it off to a company or Mm -hmm. someone else. And so it's almost like this you know, social media is supposed to this, be this great equalizer where anyone has a voice and it's like, no, it's kind of been taken over in my mm. opinion in a lot of ways. And of course, you know, I could do a better job. Our Instagram strategy right now is not very good. We're just essentially post pictures of the rings, mm. but we can do a much better job. We could take our YouTube videos and we could turn them into a 30 second version for Instagram. And that could be successful. That could have some good organic reach. And we're getting into that. It's just, you know we only have so many resources and we're we're working on other more important stuff but mm-hmm. we are genuinely uh we've, we've got that in the roadmap to start in august so uh i'm getting sidetracked a lot here <laughs> uh, essentially a lot of social medias i found are so hard to grow organically but youtube there really is an algorithm side to it that can help you grow like crazy i went from uh 10,000 followers to over a hundred thousand in less than a year Mm -hmm. without any paid anything. So um, I'd say if you can get the attention you need on YouTube, that's one of the best places to grow for free and not even for free. You get paid to grow your YouTube. So Mm -hmm. that's great. So what I'd say if you're trying to uh, start the, the tricky thing about YouTube is I think it's one of the most difficult social medias to get a real, start on it's really really difficult to get your first 1000 to 10000 followers on YouTube compared mm-hmm. to Instagram. And so that's where it's tricky what I would recommend is if you've got another audience like I did grow that. So try to get your Instagram big and then make a YouTube channel that is different enough to be intriguing. So if you if you make rings and I post my pictures to Instagram. My YouTube videos shouldn't be a collage or slideshow of ring pictures. Mm-hmm. It should be something related, but something different that people are going to be intrigued enough to go on to see. So for me, it's like if you want to see the making process of this, that can be the same for anyone. If you make handbags, like if you want to see how I made this, go check out my YouTube channel. So I, I would say, and and this might not be the best advice. It it is good to just get on YouTube, start posting, figure out what's working. Mm -hmm. Uh, but make sure you've got a direction to it there's a lot of people that say just go and post every day or go and post once a week and just stick to it it's like no if you're just doing that blind with no strategy you're just wasting your time I would say seek out help there's a lot of good advice for free online about how to grow a youtube channel Daryl Eves is fantastic he makes a lot of videos he even has paid stuff you can get Um, but just get advice from people start trying to figure out uh, your market whatever it is that you do, if you sell courses on uh, how to get credit card rewards, then start posting videos about it and start seeing what's popular and you can use tools like, there's like a tool called vidIQ that helps you do keyword research and those aren't, you know, like, I'm hesitant to give you guys advice like go use vidIQ because that's not going to give you views. It doesn't work like that. Like that, that's not the secret to getting YouTube views. So, but it can be very helpful in helping you guide and dictate what you think will be successful. Um, but I'd say just keep posting to YouTube. Try to really, really focus on um, getting viewers to the videos because they're not just going to appear out of nowhere. So whatever that is, whether it's if you make jewelry, something that would have been fantastic for me to do, which I didn't do, which we kind of do now. But if I would have posted in Reddit, Reddit pages about jewelry, mm. I could go post like, Hey, I just made this ring out of meteorite. Do you know how popular that could get? I, we've had, the, and the reason we figured it out was other people would post, like, check out this ring this guy made. You get a hundred thousand <laughs> hits in 48 hours on Reddit, which would translate into 20,000 YouTube views. And five thousand dollars in website orders so mm-hmm. we're like shoot we gotta figure this out and so we're trying to dabble in it reddit is really hard there's a ooh, here's here's some good advice uh, and it's a little like not safe for work a little mature but nerd city on youtube if you look up their course on how they uh grew Tryhard hard mickey's page that is seriously be like golden youtube tutorial that i don't think i've seen anywhere else that is some of the best advice i've ever heard in my entire life Mm -hmm. on here's how you can grow a reddit page or uh here's how you can grow an instagram page through reddit here's how you can grow an instagram page through facebook groups here's how you can do a youtube channel i don't know how many they go into depth about Mm -hmm. but they do real stuff they go see like facebook groups are fantastic that you can go and join a group that has twenty thousand. uh members. So essentially it's, and you can post in it. So it's almost like you get ownership of a, an account with 20,000 followers. Mm-hmm. So you can post like, Hey, I made this ring, check it out. And you want to be, you know, I could talk about this for hours and hours, but there's concepts like the, you know, I, I think it's a uh, Gary Vaynerchuk that mm-hmm. says, uh, give, 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 ask something like that. And, yeah. and there's a lot of different people who have said that, but it's just like for every one favor that you ask, give people, Seven helpful things. So maybe get in a jewelry group on Facebook and give people seven tips, and then uh, for every seven tips that you give them, post one video. Be like, check out my video I made, and and when you do that, you come off as very genuine. You don't, you're not just there to get people to watch your videos. You're there to be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. So I would say focus on getting that initial one thousand to ten thousand YouTube subscribers, and use brute force to do it. And so, and and what I'd say by that is, use your Instagram page that you hopefully have built up. I'd say it's easier to grow an Instagram page to 10,000 than it is at YouTube. So use whatever streams you can and go and figure out all the different streams, figure out how to get traffic to come from Facebook groups, figure out how to get traffic to come from Pinterest, figure out how to get traffic to come from Instagram, and, and that can be a big key to success. Reddit, Reddit especially is huge. Just go and be a good active member of a Reddit page
0: mm-hmm.
1: every once in a while post what you're doing and make sure it's interesting. And, you know, don't make it an ad. That's what a lot of companies struggle with mm-hmm. that they're starting to figure out like Wendy's Twitter page is just really interesting because it's never are they posting about like, Hey, come buy our burgers. They're posting like, Burger King you suck or just roasting people randomly and people are like well that's not going to help you sell burgers and it's like yeah sure as heck will if you have 500,000 people see a tweet from you yeah. they're going to like you and they're going to buy your burgers it doesn't matter so that that got really convoluted and really you know my message is is all over the place with that response and it's because I sh- you know I really need to give you guys like a two hour presentation if you want <laughs> best advice and uh, have a bullet list and PowerPoint and all that. So sorry that that's not like the greatest advice in the world, but I just try to touch on a thousand different things so that you guys Mm -hmm. can look stuff up because there's a lot of resources out there. And if you can just get viewers to your YouTube page and it could even be within YouTube, go to another similar YouTubers page and comment on their stuff. That's like, Hey, wow, I really like this video if you like stuff similar to it, come check out my channel. And mm-hmm. the way that I just said that is really spammy and never do that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but make a much, much, much better paragraph about someone you actually like. and And just like what I said, the give, 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 ask rule, you know, never try to come off as someone who's just there to try to get something out of other people. Try mm-hmm. to be a more genuine person. So comment like, oh, wow, I really liked this knife that you made. It was... And and maybe compare it to one of their other videos so that mm-hmm. they know that you watched that, too. So, like, I really like this compared to the the knife you made that had the the weird bend in it. You know, I, I like the bend. It looked really cool. But this one, I think, is more of a classic effect. Super cool. And maybe just post and at the end... It, and it's really hard to integrate this into there because it's yeah. just like, well, by the way watch my videos, you know, like, that's really hard to do. But you can and you can be successful at it. I have been and that was great for me. when I was mm. just starting out. Um, but just be like, I made a ring that's kind of similar to this, where I use that same strategy, and it actually turned out pretty cool. And you could leave it at that. And mm-hmm. people will click on your channel. Or you could say, you guys can check out the YouTube video I made of it if you want. And you know, just trying to figure that out and experiment you can make five different versions of that same comment Mm. figure out what's most successful and then roll with that and so there's a lot of different ways to get attention
0: i think the key takeaway from what you said is don't just make a youtube video put it on youtube and think that's the end of the story
1: yeah yeah for sure that's you you put it great (laughs) especially when you're starting out it's all about mm, Manually getting eyes on your video because mm-hmm. it's you know there's enough hours in the day that i can push a hundred to a thousand people to a youtube video there's not enough to push a million i'll mm-hmm. never be able to grow to that point but what's great about youtube is you just got to get that kickstart you need and then youtube will take over and that's they're the ones that will get you to a million so
0: you and know, how sorry continue mm.
1: Just, if, if you guys are like, well that's dumb, that's not scalable, that's why. it's You, you gotta get yourself started,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and YouTube will help you take over, and you'll learn so much along the way. So I guarantee you, if you do all the things I'm telling you about, you'll learn a lot. And in, if you were just posting this whole time, you're just posting the same type of video over and over, you're not learning anything, I guarantee you, if you compare that to someone else who does what you started out doing, but they do all the advice that I give you guys, their videos are going to evolve and become better, mm. and so that's a secondary benefit that you get.
0: And how important is uh, tagging and title, like search engine optimization of YouTube videos, for uh, that growth?
1: It's that can be very helpful for you getting your start, especially you know if you've got no other source of people viewing your videos except for search. If you can hit something that's like searched but not super posted about, mm-hmm. then that can be good. If you wanna if you start a new channel and you make videos that have the best search engine optimization in the world, but it's about Fortnite, I guarantee you it's never, never, never gonna do any good unless your videos are great and you have some other way of getting used to there. Because there's probably five thousand videos a day about Fortnite going to YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. So I I'd say it's it's it can be really important in some ways if you know how to use it. So you got to do something a little more niche. So it's like, you know, pick something that you can compete in, like like making a wedding ring out of wood and copper. That's probably mm-hmm. something where there's only 20 YouTube videos about that on YouTube. So you could, if you tag that really well, you might be able to get 500 views over the next year about that. But that's mm-hmm. really long play searching on search engine optimization on YouTube at least. Right. So if you're trying to grow fast, it's not the greatest. But but what I would say is, do worry about it, focus on it, use tools like vidIQ to help you out. But that's not everything, and if if everything about your videos is not good, but you have fantastic search engine optimization, I guarantee you, you'll never be successful. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that's just a cherry on top that can help you do better. And I'd recommend being good at it, but that's not everything. And it's mm-hmm. never going to be the, your key to success. I'd say.
0: No, Make good content, bring people to it. Mm-hmm. It's the key. Patrick, thank you so much for coming yeah, on the show course. today. That was fascinating. Uh, I love your story. It sounds like you're doing amazing things and uh, where can people find you?
1: Um, well, on youtube or if you just go to google search patrick adair you can find everything i've got an instagram page patrick adair designs and i've also got a personal page which is just patrick underscore adair
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so if you want to check that out you can send me a message if you if you want me to be able to read something i'd say send me an email patrick at patrickadairdesigns.com mm-hmm. if you got any questions anything like that and that's where you got the my best response rate is over there. But just just search Patrick Adair. I do a good job at linking everything on everything. So if you want to see my Kickstarter, go to my Instagram page and I've got a link there. So Awesome. Yeah.
0: Go check out Patrick's rings. They are fantastic and unique. Um, I, I particularly love the one I came across today, which was uh, full of gold and shredded money. That was quite unique. Oh,
1: yeah. That's a fun one. <laughs>
0: Uh, so yeah, Patrick there Designs, go check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes to this episode as well. So you can just go check that out over at createandthrive.com and uh, follow the links from there. Thank you for spending your time with us today, Patrick, and sharing the story of how you've grown your business.
1: Of course. Thank you so much.
0: And there you have it. So much info. Whew. Thank you so much, Patrick, for coming on the show and sharing all of that with us are you inspired to give YouTube a go now? I hope so. Uh, I've been getting more into YouTube lately. I've started releasing uh, twice monthly videos over there. So if you're not already subscribed, head on over to YouTube and just search for my name, Jess Van Den, and you will find my channel where I share heaps of videos about how to grow a successful handmade business. It's a nice addendum to the podcast and you can see me if that's something you enjoy doing. <laughs> so Thank you again to Patrick. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, if you thought, "Hey, wow, really need to be thinking about this and taking advantage of it, or "Oh my God, no video what <laughs> Well either way, share it with your audience. It would be really it would mean a lot to me. so just screenshot it uh, this whatever your you know app you're on, take a screenshot, share this on your Instagram stories. Tag me at Create and Thrive because I'd like to reshare that on my own stories and I'd just love to know that you're listening. It's really nice to get that, um, you know, I see the stats in my dashboard, but I don't know who you are (laughs) unless you tell me. So it's really nice to get those messages from people and hear who's listening to the show and what impact it's having. So thank you for being here. Uh, I really, really appreciate it. And it means the world to me that you take this little bit of time out whenever you do to listen to the show and learn from me. So thank you for that. I will, of course, be back again next week with something very special. As I mentioned in the last episode, there is a free course coming your way starting next week on the show. Do not miss it. If you want to find out more, Make head on over to makingitpodcourse.com. That's makingitpodcourse, one word com to find out more and to subscribe so that you don't miss out on the weekly downloadables that go along with the course some of you've been around for a little while may remember the making it pod course that i ran last year this is kind of the uh, a new version of that so keep uh, an eye out for that and i hope you join me for that it's going to be really fun and there's a lot of stuff <laughs> for you to take away over the next four weeks in this podcast. So I'll see you there and bye for now.